Well, if you haven't figured it out yet, our pastor is on a much um, needed vacation, uh, him and his wife and his little ones. I have no idea where they're at right now. Surely they, I think they're headed to Colorado, so maybe they've made it there by now, uh, hopefully. They're in Arizona, Arizona. All right. Well, they're, they're, they're headed in the right direction anyway, so they, they can get there in a roundabout way. You know, church, I want to say that uh, those of us who preach or lead, well, you know, no, just what, what could we do, men, if it wasn't for our wives? I get up this morning, and, and I, I spend some time in prayer, and I'm, I'm asking the Lord for his anointing. I'm asking the Lord for his movement. I'm asking the Lord to do a wonderful thing. I'm asking the Lord not to allow me to fall off the stage today. I'm asking all these things, all this going going through. And then I get up here and leave it to my wife in my head. My wife told me the other day that I held the mic like a lady because I, I hold it like this a lot. And she said, you kind of hold the mic like a girl. And I'm like, really? So in my head, you know, there I am praying for all this stuff. And there's my wife in my head. I'm thinking, don't hold the mic like a lady today. Hold the mic like a man. So here I am holding the mic like a man today. So if I, if I mess that up, sweetie, let me know. All right. If I get to holding it like a lady, let me know. All right, before we get started today, I just want to add this in here. I need all of your prayers because, as you know, great, or Sarah and I, we are you know, raising our, our niece, and she's now going on six years old. And I don't know if Sarah gets these comments or if I'm the only one that gets them, but I do need your prayers to know how to answer these, these questions and these comments. Last night she was in the tub, and I'm in there shaving, you know, trimming up my beard, shaving everything. She goes... So you're shaving your beard and stuff. And she goes, I understand that girls have to shave their armpits. And I said, yes, sweetie, that is true. She goes, why? And I go, I don't know. That's just what women do. And she goes, well, why don't you men? And she goes, why don't you boys shave your armpits and we won't shave ours? And I thought, I don't know. Just, just do it. Just do whatever Aunt Sarah directs you to do. And just be nasty. So just do it. I don't know why. I don't know. But uh, I, need your, I need your thoughts. I need your prayers to help me answer these things correctly so that we raise up a good child so she's not all messed up because I don't know how to answer them. So did I just go in? I just do what? All right. Well, I'm loud enough, so we're going to go ahead and go with it. Unless you want me to pick up another mic. Am I back? I am back. Duh! We're back. All right. I had I had two messages that I wanted to preach. I've got two that I felt like went go very good together. The one you're getting is probably the one that would have been second in line if I had been able to do the first one, but they tied so good together with Pastor Dennis's from last week. Uh, but I chose to go with one today called Temptation Island, and the reason for that being because next week we're going to allow Brother uh, Steve to get up here and preach for us and give us a message. So I had to choose one, and so I thought I'm going to go with Temptation Island, and I'll explain to you how I how how that came about. And originally, when I wrote it down, I had put Temptation Island. God can't help stupid. And I thought, well, that's probably not appropriate for the website or, you know, all that. So we'll go with Temptation Island. But the more that I studied it out, the more that I prayed about it, quite frankly, Temptation Island, hashtag God can't help stupid. God can do lots of things, but he just cannot help our idiocy and some of the things that we do. He gives us the free will to do the things that we should do. He gives us all the ability to make the 
the right decisions, but so many times we go and we stick ourselves in these predicaments that we have no business doing to begin with. So Temptation Island, God can't help stupid. And I just, I don't know what else to tell you, church. That's just the way it is. But the way that Temptation Island came up was I was sitting on the, I, we don't watch, uh, uh, we don't watch commercials. We DVR everything. We just, we refuse to watch live TV. I just, I just hate commercials. Can't deal with them for the, frankly, for the most part, you almost have to monitor your, your commercials. Now you used to have to just monitor your TV shows, but now you got to monitor your commercials to make sure they're appropriate for people to watch. So I kept going through and I would see this reality show come up and it was called Temptation Island. And one day I had been reading my Bible and I sat there and, and I was going through some, uh, some commercials and that came up Temptation Island. And I thought, I probably know what this is about, but I'm just going to stop and listen to this commercial. Well, if you, I, I, I pray that you're not watching Temptation Island. If you are, that's, that's when you, good Lord, I won't judge you. Just sit here and listen, all right? But it, it is a group of people that put themselves on an island. They are, they are engaged to get married, and they put themselves on this island with other men and women so that they can try to decide if this truly is the man or the woman that they need to marry or that they want to marry. And as I sat there, I was watching that, and I was thinking, that is so stupid. I mean, that just makes no sense whatsoever. If you need to put yourself on an island with a bunch of available other people to decide whether or not the person you're with and engaged to is the one that you need to marry, trust me, it's not. You need to, you need to do something else you don't need to be doing there. And this just began to build, and I thought, that just makes absolutely no sense. Why would you do something like that? But then I begin to think, church, we do the exact same thing probably every day, maybe every week, maybe every hour, we do the same thing as Christians. The Holy Spirit is telling us not to do something, but yet we go and we do it anyway. We put ourselves on this island and we begin to think that we can do these things and take care of these things and that we don't need God's help anymore, that we're capable of doing all this. So we have put ourselves on a temptation island and we do it all the time. I have verses, uh, she'll pop them up there. A lot of them I only have maybe one or two, so you may not have time to get to them. So I would just encourage you to read them on the screen because you probably won't have time to get to them as I move on through here. But John 17, 15. Well, let me back up just a little bit before she puts it up there. The, the, the message I wanted to give the, prior to this one was it was going to be called Satan Never Stops. And church, we need to understand that the devil never stops coming at us. He is coming at us 24-7. He will never leave us alone. Uh, he will never forsake us. He's always going to be there. And I mean, not forsake us in a bad way. He will always be on top of us 24-7. And it is up to you and I to stay on our toes. The Bible, if, the, if it wasn't meant for the Bible to tell us that the, that the devil was out looking to whom he may seek and destroy, he wouldn't have put all that in there. That is there for our abilities, for our, for our uh, learning abilities, for us to understand that, but so many times as, as Christians, things begin to be going good. Things to be, uh, seems to be uh, going uh, perfect and everything's kind of in a lull and we begin to get complacent about the things that we do. We need to understand that the devil will never leave us alone. He will never stop coming after us. And I hate to tell you, it seems to me like when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, the devil comes at you harder because he wants you back. It wasn't hard to keep you when he had you, but it's hard for him to get you back. So he comes at you sometimes even harder when
when you accept him as your personal savior. So I'm just saying, church, we need to understand that. Jesus understood that because in John 17, 15, he was praying for his disciples. It says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil, from the evil that's in the world. We're going to be in this world. And to be quite honest with you, this world gets more evil and evil every day. If you want to find something, you can find it. It's at the very palm. It's in most people's palm of their hands every time they walk around. The Bible or the world is becoming more evil and more evil every day that we wake up. And Jesus knew that that was going to happen. And he knew that his disciples would be living in that. And he says, I pray that you should not take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil church. We're going to be in it, but Jesus is praying that he, that we keep us from the evil that's in the world. He can do that. But we've got to handle some of that our own selves. We've got to take a little bit of responsibility on that our own selves. Our pastor said last week, if you weren't here and you missed it, he said, when you're scrolling through channels and something comes up that catches your eye and you know you shouldn't be watching it, but you think, ah, it'll be all right this one time, I'm telling you, you're putting yourself on Temptation Island. Keep going. Keep going on to something else. Don't stop and think it'll be all right this one time. Many of you know uh, I had a drinking problem. Um... It would have been very dumb for me. I would not have been able to do it. I loved to play darts. I was a dart-throwing fool. I felt like I could hit the eye of an eagle at a mile, you know, with my darts. I loved playing darts. And when I, when I gave up my alcohol and I gave up my life to Jesus Christ, the one thing I thought is, man, where do I go to play darts at now? You know, I can't go into the bar. Can't get... It would have been very dumb for me having a drinking problem to go into a bar and think, that's all right, I'll just go in there and throw darts. No, I wouldn't have. I knew that. Jesus knew that. The Holy Spirit knew that. So thankfully, I listened to that, and I did not put myself into that temptation needlessly because the devil is walking around every day, every hour, giving me all kinds of temptations. I don't need to put myself there because God can't help stupid. He can give me the ability to make the right decision, but he can't make that decision for me. He'll stand at the door and knock, but he will not beat the door down trying to get into our hearts and lives. We have to open up the door and allow him in. Church, at some point in time, we have to begin to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is telling you not to do something, don't do it. If the Holy Spirit is telling you not to watch something or not to listen to something, don't do it. You young people out there that are dealing with peer pressure every day, and they're telling you, just come to the party, just come to the party, just come to the party. And you think, oh, I'll just go to the party. I'll be the designated driver. I'll be the good one. I'll be the one that won't drink. I'm here to tell you that the chances of that happening are slim to none. Don't put yourself in that position. If your boyfriend or girlfriend is trying to get you to do something that will, uh, that will uh, uh, slide your morals down somewhere or another and say, just because I love you, I'm telling you, don't put yourselves in those positions because it's harder to not do those things than you think it is. Just don't even start. Matthew 26 and 41 says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our spirit wants to do the right thing, church. I want to love my wife like Christ loved the church every day. My spirit wants to do that. But sometimes my mouth has just got a mind of its own, and it just says some of the dumbest things and does some of the stupidest things. And I think, I didn't want to do that. I mean, my spirit was willing to do the right thing. But my flesh, my man-made, my, my godly man-made flesh that I'm living in is weak sometimes, church. We've got to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Don't do something that you're going to regret. Don't do something and think that in your own power, 
you're going to be able to handle it because more than likely you will not be able to handle it. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Let's don't get complacent about our prayer walk. Let's don't get complacent about our Bible reading. Let's don't get complacent about the times that we spend on our knees with our, with our wives, with our children. Let's don't get complacent and turn those things off. Let's continue to do those things daily because the devil's never going to stop coming at you, church. I can't express that enough, that the devil will not stop, so you should not be uh, uh, putting yourselves in position that, that you should not be in, I guess I want to say. Um, Luke 12, I got to take a drink. You know, Brother Roy, I don't know if all of you heard him, but he, he's an, uh, an older gentleman we have here in his 90s, preaches for some on Sunday nights. I think he's preached some on most of you know him. But one of the first times he got up, he said, man, if you sit on the first three rows, he's got to try real hard now because we're further back. He said, you'll get some of that anointed spittle on you. I have no anointed spittle. I don't know what it is. When I get up, when I know I'm going to be preaching that night or in the day, I get dry at about 7.30, and I cannot drink enough water. I could not spit on you if you were standing right there right now. I just can't do it. So you do not have to worry about anointed spittle for me. I can't do it. So... I apologize for having a drink of water, but I, I just I have no anointed spittle left. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 20. And here's where I think many of us get. I get there, and I'll have to say that quite honestly, uh, maybe I've been there just recently uh, in my prayer life and in my, my, my Bible reading time. Uh, my prayers uh, with my wife, uh, my family, and, and I'm ashamed to admit it, uh, but... I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I think sometimes we, we get here. But this is the story of the rich man. It says, uh, verse, starting at verse 16, it says, And he spake a, spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and then build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul? Can't you just see this guy? I picture him being like a big, heavy-set booty type, you know, just kick back. Soul, everything is good. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. When Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? The man, everything was going good. Crops were going good. He had more than he'd ever had before. He didn't have enough place to store them, so he decided just to build more places to store them and then sat back and go, soul, things are good right now. I'm just going to kick back. I'm just going to eat. I'm going to drink, and I'm going to be merry. Now, that's not giving you all an opportunity to go down to the bar later and say things are going good. I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry because God said so. I'm telling you, church, as Christian people, I believe many times when things are going good in our lives, Church seems to be rolling along for the most part. No major problems, no major issues. Family's going good for the most part. Oh, we have our ups and our downs. I believe it's easy for us to get up in the morning, not read our Bible that morning. I believe it's easy for us to get up and say, soul, 
you know, I deserve this break today. I'm just not going to pray today because I've prayed every other day for 30 years. I've been serving the good Lord for 30 years. I've got this under control. I believe it's easy for us to get up and say, things are just right right now. It's not too hot, not too cold, just right. Just like the porridge and Goldilocks or whatever it is. Everything's just right. It is Goldilocks, right? Is that the one that ate the porridge? Uh, Goldilocks ate the porridge. Everything is just right. Church, I believe this is when we enter into temptation. I believe this is the time and place where we begin to enter in to do the things that we should not do, watch the things we should not watch, listen to the things we should not listen to, maybe cheat on our taxes this year because we've never cheated on them before, but just a little bit, you know, just just a little cheat on your taxes. not a big thing, right, because there's probably some people out there that are really cheating on their taxes. I'm only doing it a little bit. Uh, it's okay for me to look at that lady just a little bit because I really do love my wife, but everything's going real good. It's all right if I just give her a quick glance and maybe a way that I shouldn't be. It's okay. You know, I've been, I've been sober for 12 years now, so it's okay for me to go to the bar and let's tie one on because it'll be the last time I do it for the next 12 years, right? So that'll be okay because everything's going real good right now. The good Lord is blessing me. The good Lord has laid things at my table. I've got shoes on my feet. I've got a roof up above me. I've got all the blessings that I need. I've got you, Lord. I've got you as my personal Savior. So I'll watch these things and do these things that I wouldn't normally do, that's when we begin to get on that temptation island. That's when you begin to make you a Wilson. Anybody know familiar with Castaway? I know that's getting pretty old, but anybody watch the movie Castaway where Tom Hanks get put on a deserted island? That's one of the movies I have watched. He comes up with a volleyball somewhere. I believe it's a volleyball, and it's Wilson. So he names it Wilson. That's who he talks to. That's who he does things. I believe a lot of times we create our own Wilsons because we we want to talk to somebody. We want somebody to rationalize things for us. We want we want to uh, we want people to agree with what we want to do and the temptations that we've laid before ourselves. So we we, we make our own Wilsons uh, to tell us everything. We'll be okay and that we will continue to, to everything be all right. Church, I'm telling you, God can help us do all things, but he just can't help us if we're being dumb. He just can't help us if we're blatantly going against his word, if we're blatantly going against the word, the living word of God that he left for us, written down for us to receive the one instruction booklet that we need to read every day, that we need to follow every day. As I begin to tell you guys, I don't read instructions until the very end, and I've got that last bolt or nut that doesn't go somewhere. I'm thinking, where does that go? I should have read the instruction booklet. Church, don't get to a point where you're sitting back going, soul how much good has laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat and drink and be merry and make that the day that the good Lord may choose to come back. Church, we cannot be caught off guard. We cannot rest on our laurels. We've got to serve God every day. We've got to serve him with all of our heart, all of our mind and all of our soul. We've got to give him everything that we've got because if you don't, I promise you, the devil will enter into your lives. He will enter into your homes. He will enter into your children. He will have your children snatched up before you know it. He will have your marriages destroyed destroyed before you know what's going on because you just made the decision to sit back and relax a little bit and start doing things that you know were wrong to do. We've got to know and understand, as the pastor said, what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are, church. We can't fool ourselves because we're not fooling the devil and we're not fooling God. Let's know what our strengths are. Let's know what our weaknesses are and let's do them. James 1 1, 13 through 15. It says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted, and when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, 
Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Romans 6 and 23, I didn't write this one down for them to put up there, but it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Church, God is not tempting us. God is not going to, uh, to do those things. The devil will be tempting us, but we are drawn away of our own lust, our own wants, our own desires. We're enticed on things that uh, uh, bring things to our remembrance that we think is fun. I've said this many times. I do not listen to anything but Christian music now, period. I, I just I find myself, uh, even up here at the Hawthorne Festival, they were playing music beside us. She told me, she said, oh, you guys are right beside the music. And I thought, joy, I don't want to be right beside the music. I mean, we were right beside this music, joy for us. But I began to sing all this. I knew all the songs, and I began to sing along with them, and I was even trying to get my groove on a little bit, you know. And Kelsey was looking at me like, stop it, stop it. But I, what I find when I listen to my old music, I begin to think about all the things that I used to do while listening to that music. I begin to think about all the alcohol I drank. I begin to think about all... You know, the, the, the animals I shot, and I, I did things like that. You know, just honoriness, just the mailboxes I destroyed, uh, the times I woke up, uh, uh, the times I should have went to jail and didn't, the times that I drank and drive, all those things that I should have, all these things start flowing back in your mind. I think, man, wasn't that fun? Like, no, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun waking up the next morning. It wasn't fun doing all those things. It wasn't fun running from the law to try to not get caught from something you had done. And uh, at one point in time, they had the whole city locked down with highway patrol for something my cousin and I did, listening to a song that I listened to. And I thought, you remember that? I'm like, no, that wasn't fun. We could have went to jail. Could have went to jail, church. So I just made a point. I, I just stopped. I listen to Christian music and Christian music only because I know what my weaknesses are. I know where my strengths are at. My strength is in Jesus Christ, and I've got to have him in my life every day. But I'm not saying you can't listen to, to secular music. I'm not saying that at all. Don't leave here and say, Pastor Jeff said I can never listen to secular music again. That's between you and the good Lord. I'm just saying I know where my strengths are. I know where my weaknesses are. I know what my limitations are, so I know what I have to do. I cannot rest on my laurels. I cannot rest on what the good Lord has laid out before me. I have to do what I know is right for me. I have to do what I know is right for my family. I have to do what's right there. I'm just saying God wants to help us. God will give us, when we close up here in just a few minutes with the verse that I have, God will give us the ability with everything that comes before us to get out of the situation. We just have to choose to get out of the situation we just have to know when we're fixing to cross that line we shouldn't cross we just instead of putting the holy spirit in the back room we need to bring the holy spirit to the front room we need to take the the holy spirit to the front of our brain the one that's listening put him in our eyes put him in our minds put him in our hearts and listen and understand what the holy spirit is doing for us that he's trying to guide us and protect us he's trying to keep us from going from the left and to the right he's trying to keep us from going straight forward church he's trying to keep us off of those temptation islands but if we don't listen to him he cannot help us church cannot help us if we don't listen to him how many of you as parents and myself have told your your children do not do that that is hot and they walk right up there and they touch it anyways and go wow that's hot i know i told you it was going to be hot you know how i know because I did it when I was your age. I tried to tell you not to do that. 
The Holy Spirit is our, is our spiritual mother and father living inside of us saying, don't do that. It's going to hurt. Don't do that. You're going to regret that. Treat your wife better. Treat your husband better. Treat your children better. Treat your coworkers better. Because if you don't, it's going to hurt. You're fixing to go off the deep end here. Don't do it. But yet, we do it anyways. Matthew 12, I've got a little story I want to talk about here in a second about that. Don't do it. We're going to regret it later. But Matthew 12, verse 1, here, here's the deal, church. When we give our life to Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, whether it's at an altar, whether it's under an old hickory tree, whether it's driving down the road, whether it be at vacation Bible school, whether it be at church camp, whether it be wherever it may be, and you decide at that moment that it is time for you to start living for Jesus Christ, that it is time for you to start doing the things that Jesus wants you to do, the, the, the things that are described in this Bible. The problem is we don't so many times truly change our spirit is willing but we try to hang on to the worldly things we want to hang on to the things that we did in the past because our flesh said they were fun to do so we want to try to rationalize and figure out how in the world we can still do these things but also do these things that God is requiring of us and asking for us to do we try to figure out how we can do those things and church I'm here to tell you from experience that will not work church we have to give ourselves over completely and totally to Jesus Christ we have to allow the Holy Spirit to wash things out of us that don't need to be there. We need to go down the old man and come up the new man, just like when we get baptized. That's what we need to do. And we need not be conformed into this world, but we need to be conformed unto Jesus Christ because we are made in his image. Romans 12, 1 through 3, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. There's a key that I wanted to read in that one. I'm going to go ahead and I'll read it all. But it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God can help us. He can give us the ability. But if Let's not be conformed to this world. Let's present our bodies a living sacrifice. No, we're not going to be perfect. But if we go back and we search out what a sacrifice was in those days, it was the perfect of the perfects. I believe that we should die trying to be perfect. I realize that we're never going to capture that. I realize that we're never going to be able to, uh, um, uh, to, to do that. But church, does that mean that we do not die trying to be perfect? Does that mean that we do not die trying to live Christ-like? Does that not mean that we do not die trying to do everything that God wants us to do within our power to present our bodies a living sacrifice. He said, it's your reasonable service. God gave up his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on that cross, gave it all for us to be able to sit here today to listen to a message about Jesus Christ and to be able to worship him and do all these things that we've done today, to be able to live the life that we live. It's our reasonable service to do that and be not conformed to this world. It gives us the ability to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, 
but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. We go back to the complacency issue where we begin to think the devil can never harm us. Sister Glenda, how many years have you been serving the Lord? How many years? Well, it's been a long time because she's old and she started early, all right? I'm just telling you right now. It's, it's been a long time because she started real early and she's getting real old now. So let's just, we'll go just a long time. But not now, all right. But the fact of the matter is, as many years as you serve the Lord, you cannot get complacent and become to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Whether you have known Jesus Christ for three minutes or 30 years, I'm here to tell you, we do not need to get to the point to where we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think because the devil will bring you down. The devil will bring you down. He will bring your family down. He will bring your children down. He will bring your businesses down. He will bring everything down in his power when you begin to think, soul, I'm doing good. Let's just eat, drink, and be merry. That's when the trouble's starting to happen. The little temptations, they're going to turn into a big temptation. The little sin is going to turn into a big sin. Way back when, when I was in high school, 20-plus years ago, they would have never let me graduate. I'll just be honest. I went to graduation um, and watched that graduation and what the kids had to wear and stuff. I, they wouldn't let me graduate. I graduated with no socks and Converse high-top tennis shoes untied uh, and shorts on underneath that. They wouldn't even let me walk down the aisle. So I'll tell you what kind of child I was back then. But we were, I was with a friend of mine, and he was in a Ford pickup, his uncle's brand-new Ford pickup. It was less than a week old. Why he gave that to his cousin, his nephew to drive, I'm not sure. But we were at a creek out on 137, and we were all Chevy men back then. I tended now, I just, whatever runs, I'll drive it. I am more of a Chevy man, but I'll, I've had good luck with Fords and stuff. But we were all Chevy men, and this happened to be a Ford. And, and I know that Brother Randy's going to really think this is funny when it's all said and done, but we were going back and forth in our Chevys across this creek. And we were all made it. Well, he come down in his Ford, and he's doing this, and they're all like, oh, that's nothing. Oh, you know, anything could do that, da 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 So he takes off down the middle of this creek. And I had been out there. I grew up out there swimming and fishing and stuff. And I told him, I said, Chris, don't do this. It's not going to end well. He said, oh, no, I got it. He said, I'm going to prove to them. He said, I'm going to cross. It was dark, and you could see the moonlight ripple. He said, that's real shallow down there. I said, no, I'm telling you. I said, right there where those two creeks come together, two little creeks. I said, that is deep. I said, that is extremely deep. I said, do not do this. Did he listen? No, he just shifted gears and put the hammer down going down this creek. And I said, Chris, I'm telling you to stop now because this is not going to end well. We hit that, and off in that we went I mean the whole front end went underwater immediately started coming in we're scrambling out the sliding back glass because it sunk I mean sunk and the look on his face was pure horror and terror because he had just stuck his uncle's brand new Ford in the middle of the creek and it went and that was it I looked at him I said I told you this wasn't going to end well church that's the Holy Spirit a lot of times we're headed for disaster. We're headed for that deep pond. We're headed for that cliff. And the Holy Spirit's going, don't do this, Jeff. It's not going to end well. I'm like, oh, no, see the ripples? That's shallow. 
Don't do this, Jeff. It's not going to end well. How many times do we stop and listen to the Lord and say, okay, this isn't going to end well. Let's back up. How many times are we guilty of putting the hammer down and shifting gears and just letting it fly, church? And I'm here to tell you, it's not going to end well. It might end well at that exact moment maybe for you. I don't know. But in the long run, it will not end well for you. So, church, I hate to keep saying this because in our, in our household, we do not use the S word anymore. We don't allow it, and I'm here today, so I apologize for you little ones here today. But as Christians, it is time for us to quit being stupid. It really is. It is time for us to wise up, listen to the Holy Spirit that God sent for us, gave us another comforter for a purpose so that we could keep ourselves out of these temptations and off of these islands and trying to do things ourselves. He gave that to you and I, but yet we continually ignore him. We continually look past him and say, I got this, Lord. Just let me put the hammer down. I got it. It's time for us to grow up and quit being doofuses all the time. It's time for us to grow up and read the instruction booklet that God left for us. It's time for us to grow up and be not conformed to this world, but realize that we are something different than what the world is, church. It's time for that. It's time for God's people to stand up. It's got to start here. It's got to start in your homes. It's got to start in your marriages. You've got to bring that into the house of God. It's got to start in the house of God, or how can we ever expect to get, to get non-Christian people to ever start believing in God if Christian people are acting so goofy all the time? Let's start listening to our Lord and Savior. Let's start listening to that Holy Spirit. And I'm going to close with this, and if the worship team wants to come up here, that's, that's fine. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. Here's the good part. As I said, Temptation Island, God can't help stupid, but he can. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. So first off, there's nothing that you're going through that someone else hasn't went through. There's no temptation that you're going to face that someone else has not faced. There's not something that you're dealing with that hasn't happened to someone else before. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. I don't care how hard the devil comes at you. I don't care what the devil lays at your feet. I don't care what the devil puts in your mind. God will never leave you nor forsake you. God will be beside you. He will be holding your right hand. He says, fear not, I'm there. I can promise you that the temptations are going to come, but I will also promise you that God is right beside you as long as you'll reach up and take that hand. Let's stand to our feet. If there's anyone here today that does not know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. We will always have these open. Always. But if you're here today and you're dealing with some temptation and you've put yourself on that temptation item, whatever it may be, something that, that the Holy Spirit maybe said, don't do that. You've continued to do it. Maybe you need help. Maybe you need people praying with you. Whatever the case may be. I want you to know that whatever it is, if we will listen and not get complacent, if we will turn our lives to the Lord, if we will read this book daily, if we will pray daily, pray without ceasing, the Bible says. The Bible would not tell us to pray without ceasing 
if God did not think we needed to pray without ceasing. If God thought we could handle everything on our own, he would not have said, pray without ceasing, church. We need to constantly be in prayer. We need to watch and pray that we enter not into temptation. So if you're here today, and maybe the devil's dealing with you on some things, this is a good place to start. This is a good place to, 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 to start getting it right. There'll be people pray with you. God is always here. So she sings this course. We won't tarry long today, but God is here willing to help you today and give you a way out of anything that you're dealing with.